You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 319. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software I love using as much as all of my other tools and tricks and things that are necessary for the company. And honestly, it is up there with Instagram of the two favorite things that I love using. It's so easy to use, intuitive, and great for a team of all different sizes. You can even have multiple companies, and that works seamlessly as well. You can have certain people have authorizations, like accountants and bookkeepers. You can have certain levels of authorization to log in for time tracking for individual contractors that you're working with or independent people that need to track their time. And you could track your own time for clients individually as well. There's so many ways to customize this for what you need with your bookkeeping. If you want to give it a shot for 30 days to see if you love it as much as I do, head over to freshbooks.com lively and then enter the code or the name, the lively show in the how did you hear about us section so they can know you found it from the lively show. Now let's move on. Today is part two of our episode with Clotilde Dusselier. I think I'm saying that correctly. Clotilde is in France and she is an amazing Lively Show listener who, if you've listened to the 318 episode, and by the way, if you haven't listened to 318, all of this will make way more sense if you go back and listen to that one first. This is the second hour of my two-hour deep inner voice session with Clotilde just a week or so ago as this is airing. Clotilde is a coach working with mothers who want to overcome their anxiety and perfectionists. She has a top-rated French-speaking podcast called Change Ma Vie, Change Ma Vie, which is C-H-A-N-G-E, Change, M-A-V-I-E, which I'm guessing, even though I'm not a French speaker, has changed my life, but I could be wrong about that. And her Instagram title is at We Change Ma Vie, so O-U-I-C-H-A-N-G-E-M-A-V-I-E. So Clotilde, like I said in the last episode at the beginning, she is someone who was a lively show listener learning about how to do inner voice from the writing letters that I used to share years ago. She said she could even show me some of the first ones she ever wrote to her inner voice. But as she did so, she started to channel in a group that calls themselves The Bud. And The Bud is so cool. I didn't realize if you listened to the first episode for quite a while that it wasn't just an inner voice. Obviously, she had a really deep, clear connection and the point of view was very strong, but it wasn't immediately apparent the way the collective was for me when we were doing the session. So it was kind of a fun surprise as we got going. But then once we had that clarity, oh my gosh, the sky was the limit. So it's kind of awesome because Clotilde is the first person I'm aware of that has directly through the inner voice work I've been sharing here on The Lively Show over the last few years developed the ability to channel beyond just herself. Now, I'm sure there are others that have had this in terms of groups, but Clotilde is the first person I've personally worked with. Annie, who's amazing in the collective, as we all know, has been doing this before she met me. So this collective connection is unique and strong in some very new ways together as we're doing this. But at the same time, she had had previous training years ago. So Clotilde is fresh off like this new wave of people that are coming into this ability to allow more information in than their mind typically would think. And so you're going to get to have some amazing follow-ups to the things we've already started from part one. We're just going to going to the second hour. I can say that from Claire, our copywriter's perspective, who picks our quotes and so forth for the shows to put on the quote pictures and stuff on Instagram. She loves the part about the father. I was pretty excited too. 
I was like, all right, this is like Journey of Souls book <laughs> all over again, but in a live setting with me to be able to yeah, chat with a group about that type of transition for someone in their pre, post, and in between lives kind of situation. So that is very cool. And the piece that I remember so much beyond the apartment hunting, which I talked about in the intro of last week's show, this one, when they talk about all the colors Oh, that we all end up with, they say, we see colors, all the colors. You're going to know what I'm talking about when you listen to this episode. But oh my goodness, that is just such a juicy visual and perspective for me that has really been something I have been appreciative of benefiting from through this client session with Clotilde. Thank you so much, Clotilde, directly for being so wonderful and allowing us to air this. This is obviously not your typical inner voice session that I typically do with clients. They're not usually channeling groups like the bud. However, it's such a gift to share. So let's go to the show. I like to ask a few questions to the inner voices, and I'd love to hear your group perspective on this. So what's the purpose of this reality? It's just for fun. Yeah. All the essences say that, or play, or experience is what all of them say to Jess. That's the playground. It's the playground. Yeah. Why did you make the playground? Why was that created? The playground was there when we got here. Why did the essence that created it create it? Because it thought it would be fun. So that's the purpose of life. Clotilde's purpose in life is not to just get the best, most beautiful Parisian apartment or make a bunch of money or sell a best-selling book or be the most successful or the most loving or whatever. It's none of that stuff. It's just to have fun. Her purpose is to guide. It's to guide others because she's not the only one trapped in this Russian impatience. Ah, she's here to guide with the impatient stuff. We want her to solve it for herself so that she can show the way for others. How does she solve it for herself? She needs to let go of it. Let go of what? She needs to have the courage to shift out of the idea that there is a timeline for things and that someone out there is someone's opinion outside of her matters more that she's being evaluated and that this evaluation matters outside evaluations don't matter one bit but she's so attached to it why do humans get so attached to it she thinks she's a car that's part of the train when really she's the, the engine of the train. She is her own train, but it takes a lot of power and energy to be your own train. It's a lot easier. It takes a lot less energy to be one car that's hooked to somebody else's train. I love this analogy, but it's a bit over Jess's head. Can you say that another way in case Clotilde listens back to that too and like wants to integrate that even further as well? So far, she has followed other people's path, thinking that it was... Ah, so jumping on their train, whatever they say to do, she's just gotten on board. Yeah. Okay, I get that. All right. Okay, so jumping on other people's paths, doing what they say to do, that's easier than blazing your own trail? Yeah. Ah, thank you. That's what I needed. So how does she blaze the trail then? This connection that we have is the key to it. Yeah, well, so basically you're going to tell her play by play? 
go left, go right, go forward, wait, stop, hold on. It's more than that. We can provide content. Ah, like what she should say or write or draw or cook. She can help us teach lessons that people want and need to hear. And she can help us do that. How would she help you do that? She has people listening to her and attracted to her. And the more she teaches what she learns from us, the more she refines her connection to us, the more she understands herself through us, the clearer her message and the clearer people will hear it. Beautiful. So right now, do you want her to start teaching or do you want to start implementing more deeply into her own life or both? So she's been using us more and more. She has a podcast and a coaching business and she's been asking us for messages to send to her followers. She's still scared to make it a thing. <laughs> Why? In her voice. She thinks about people who have done it before and it didn't turn out well for them. She thinks of Jesus. Yeah. What would that happen to her in her voice? Would she be crucified? She's resistant to me saying that, but she, we think she's smarter to not let it happen. How would she avoid that? Smarter to not let that happen. Um, Doesn't she get to choose? Isn't she creating this reality for herself? Couldn't she just say, I choose to be safe? We think it all boils down to how she feels. Let us rephrase that. She, if she doesn't rush into it, it will be fine. Ah, here we go. Also, in her voice, or bud, are you asking her to out herself as a channel or just share the messages as herself for now? We want her to take it slow and we want her to create this safety for herself first. And we know that whenever she has acted from rush or impatience, it turned out to create an experience that was not safe for her. So we want her to get really, 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 really good at recognizing the rush and the scarcity and the impatience and knowing that this is her like red light, we could not be clearer signal that this is not a good step for her to take. And she knows that from the apartment too, the feeling of Russian impatience. She knows how to feel that feeling well now. It hasn't been clear to her before now. She has known about fear and she has known about like unpleasant emotions towards other people, not to take action from that. But the urgency and the scarcity she has usually taken them to be a sign to move into things even faster, but it's a trick. Yeah, the humans say, do the thing you're afraid to do. If you're afraid of doing it, that's how you know you should do it. <laughs> and she has thought that the urgency and the impatience were telling her the truth. She has thought that the rush and the urgency and the scarcity meant act fast before it escapes you. Uh-huh. But it was the exact opposite that, like, it was, I get the image of the witch in Snow White offering the red apple. 
it's like a, it's like a trick or a trap. Ah, so when you feel opposite, so when it feels rushed, slow down. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. And then, okay. I know this is kind of obvious, but let's just spell it out just in case it's useful for the mind. So when it feels like rush, slow down, and when is it time to move forward? What will that feel like? So we know that slowing down is going to be really hard for her. And we're trying to find a way to help her do that. She can think of all of the ways that things have unfolded when she took action from urgency and impatience and it never turns out well and what we want her to do instead is breathe when she feels that and then when it's time to move forward and let's say post something or share something new how will that feel like a lift up like something that's an elevation ah she feels elevated by it and and she actually needs to be patient with it because we can tell she's already impatient to be this new version of herself who knows how to do something that she doesn't yet know how to do. Yeah. So you don't need her to know exactly the form and fashion you want this to take right now, or do you? She has so many objections and she wants to see the path, like the entire path and steps revealed. But... This is not what she needs right now. What she needs right now is to just remember if there is impatience or scarcity, stop, breathe, and don't take the action that you are about to take. That's all you need to know right now. But do you know what happens in the future? Do you know the steps she'll take? I know you're not going to tell her them, but do you know what they are? We don't see the future. We see colors. What do the colors mean? that it's really all the same. There will be all of the colors of the rainbow, whatever actions you take. So the future is just all the colors of the rainbow. So the journey of all these lifetimes is to embody all the colors, and it doesn't matter which way you go in any of the actions, because eventually all the colors are embodied? Yeah. You think that depending on the path that you take, it's going to be strikingly different, but it's not. We just, we can tell the future. We don't know the details. We just know the colors and the colors are always the same. It's like a, the complete puzzle is always the rainbow, but the pieces that each person puts together are different, but they all turn out to be a rainbow. It's like you have different recipes, but it's always going to make the same cake. Ah, and the recipes are whatever choices and actions, but we all get to the same conclusion yeah huh the same experience the same experience at the end yeah but through a various multitude of paths yeah all roads lead to the same destination yeah it's just that it will outwardly it will look different but inside you just have these same colors everywhere you go huh it reminds me of just with the saint germain stuff because he said your enlightenment's going to happen Choose how you want to experience it. <laughs> so I decided I wanted it to be calm <laughs> and peaceful. And so that's like me choosing that road, but it's still going to turn into a rainbow no matter which way I would have gone. Yeah, because your experience is made up. I mean, it can be more than what a human experience is designed to be. It's all there is. Say that again. So we can have more than just the human experience. 
it can't be more than what it's meant to be. And what it's meant to be is all of the colors of the rainbow. There is no path that will add an extra color to the rainbow. And there is no path on which one color of the rainbow is missing. It's the same rainbow, whatever path you take. So are some humans just embodying certain colors on their journey to being the full rainbow? They have the colors. It's just that they might not see that color, but the color is there. Ah, is there fear and the scarcity blocking it? They're just not paying attention to all of the colors that are there, or they haven't learned how to dial them in or out. Oh, just is thinking of like chakras in the colors of the chakras. Is that not anything connected to what you're trying to say with your rainbow analogy? So the colors are like more like the emotions that you're feeling. Like an aura color? Like aura photography? It's all an emotional experience and you're going to get the same emotional experiences available to you, whatever path you take. Ah, when you're at peace, is that when you see the rainbow? When you sit and when you breathe, yes. So, okay, first of all, do you want to trace back to the dad and the help of the transition with some of our remaining time? Or do you feel like that's already been accomplished? She has just booked tickets to a concert. This is the date that he will be lifted. This will be two years. The concert is a concert of a musician that he loved and they loved together. And she saw the poster on the Metro yesterday and bought tickets. And she's going with her husband and it will be just two years after he has transitioned. And this is the time that she can use to let him go. Beautiful. Okay, so no more of our time together on that subject then? I think it will be good for her to have just a little bit more time and set that date. Beautiful. Is there anything you want her to, or would encourage her to do on that date besides go to the concert? If she can make the experience as purely physical as possible, really be in her body during the concert, with the music and the emotions and try to be as present as possible. And it will be easier for him to be there with her and say goodbye. Will he be within her consciousness, like in her body with her to experience it? He will be off to the side like he always is. Perfect. Is there anything else? I mean, I want, you're such a clear connection. Is there anything else you spontaneously know you want to tell her in the time we have together? Trust is what we want her to develop. Trust in what? She thinks the opposite of impatience is patience, but really it's trust. And trust in herself and her clarity and trust in what, what will unfold. Because it's going to be the rainbow, no matter what. Yeah. And she has a hard time with patience, but trust will be an easier stepping stone for her. Yeah, that is what allows people to go, the minds to go through time when they don't have something, is the trust. That's what the inner voices always say. They very, very rarely say the word patience to the person. They usually say trust. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the opposite of urgency and impatience and scarcity is, is trust. And this is such a peaceful word too. She needs to build that trust like a, 
like a foundation. If we have trust, can we basically go do anything we want? And even if we get it wrong, like because we trust that it's going to be okay, it will be. Like the life has to reflect that out. Yeah. So like even if she shouldn't have gotten the apartment and she spent all this money she didn't have, for example, but and she, so she kind of went upstream about it, but she trusts that it's going to be okay. Life will have to find a way to make that okay. Yeah, trust is like, I'm getting the the image of like those, in those amusement parks where you have a river and you're on a boat and you think that the boat is flowing down the river, but really it's on a rail, you know, there's a, it's actually being guided down the, and that's what trust does. It allows you to go take whatever journey you want and, but being certain that the boat is not going to sink and it's not going to crash into the sides and if there's, you know, like if there are rapids, then you're still like, it keeps you steady and following the stream. And if you don't trust, then you could actually capsize. Not that it would matter because there's eventually going to be a rainbow anyways, but you wouldn't have to go through the capsizing experience if you had the trust rails. Yeah. Ah, Jess had an inner voice, a guy group like you say to her once that it was like, the visual was like imagining a little kid learning to swim and the guide was like trying to get them to stop holding onto the side of the pool and to, to know that they'll float <laughs> if they let go. But the humans are all holding onto the edge of the pool, not trusting to go into the middle. Yeah. And really, there's always, your boat is always on a rail. Always. Yeah. You can trust that. Even when they die of cancer or they get in a car accident or they lose all their money. It's not the rail that you're looking at. When those things happen? Yeah, there is another rail. It's just not the one that you think should have kept your boat. Yeah, but they're still floating, basically, even when they die and even when something like cancer or, I don't know, or other, they get robbed. They're still on the trust rail somehow. Yeah. Because they all end up in the rainbow picture. I love that rainbow thing. They all end up in a rainbow. So we really can just go do anything we want because eventually we'll be a rainbow? Not without doing the work. Ah, what does that mean? What's the work? We don't want you to think that it's all like you can just do whatever. There's still an intentionality about it's like going into a hike or a forest trail. If you're not prepared, it's not going to end well. If you are prepared, then you can trust. You're not entitled to trust. You have to build it. Okay. So this is interesting. So are you saying that like, cause what it sounded like is the purpose of this reality is fun. We're all going to end up in a rainbow anyways. So just trust if you go on the hike, you're going to be fine. If you have prepared for the hike. Okay. Well then the humans are sitting there running around trying to prepare like the hamsters instead of trusting they're preparing. They're preparing not in the way that it's going to be helpful to them. Oh, okay. How do you prepare then? That's my misunderstanding then. What's the preparation? It's inner preparation, not outer preparation. Oh, what is it? It's learning exactly what Clotilde is learning in terms of telling the difference between the signals that you need to listen to and the signals that are just tricks or need to be interpreted backward or opposite. This is the preparation. It's like learning to swim before you go and swim across the channel. 
Oh, it'll be a smooth ride if you're able to pay attention when you feel that anxious rushness to slow down, kind of. Yeah. Ah, and not just rush. It's like the hike is going to be super fun if you have done the work ahead of time to get to the level where you are ready to take that hike. If you go in wearing flip-flops and not having worked out a day in your life, it's not going to be fun. And that preparation, that fitness, is knowing the signs and signals of when to move forward and when to relax. It's going through the proper training. It's a matter of going from one level to the next and not wanting to be further than where you are. It's, it's, choosing, it's choosing challenges and it's choosing experiences that will stretch you so that you are eventually ready for something bigger and then bigger and then bigger. That are keep stretching your trust kind of and your ability to see the signs. Yeah, your ability to trust yourself and to have the navigation system that you need to get to bigger goals and bigger destinations. We don't want you to think that what we're saying is that you're invincible and that everything is going to be fun, whatever you do and wherever you go. We want you to understand that just like children have fun on a playground that is meant for their age, if a three-year-old goes to the playground that is meant for 14-year-olds, they will try to climb something that's too hard or too steep or too high, and they will fall, and it will not be fun for them. Okay, so the three-year-old in that sense didn't have the signs and signals ready to tell them that this is too high or unsafe. Yeah, the three-year-old needs to learn what it needs to learn in the playground for three-year-olds. This is what, the learning will be fun for the three-year-old if the climbing things are the right ones for where the three-year-old is. And it seems like, to make sure Jess is understanding this, that uh, it seems like you're saying that the preparation and like that three-year-old's appropriate stuff and like the, the, the learning isn't so much like how to leap farther or jump higher. It's more in this sense of reality is being more finely tuned to the signs and the signals and the trust, is that the elements that you're speaking of? Or are there other more practical things like learning how to speak a language? It's starting where you are and using whatever experiencing you are currently having as a fun learning experience. This is what we want for you. This is what a three-year-old is doing on, on the playground. It's fun, but the three-year-old is also learning and building muscle and so we want you to see that wherever you are right now, there are things to learn. And if you can make the learning fun, it will get you to the next level and then the next and then the next. If you approach something that you are not quite ready for, you will notice because you will try to learn things and it won't be fun. That's how we know if we're in the right level is when it's fun. It doesn't feel too hard. What happens when we go overboard and we go to the 14-year-old's playground too soon? What Clotilde experienced with her apartment. Ah, it just gets hard. It was too soon. She has learned a lot of things, but it was not fun. <laughs> so it's like falling off. You're like, you still learn when you fall off the monkey bars and you get bruises as well. It, it's just not necessary. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so when you say learning... 
it is, I know I'm going back and back into this. It's learning mostly how to trust and how to let go when things aren't flowing anymore in a direction. It's like you're driving, um, like operating a special kind of vehicle and you have a, like a control board and you have lots of signals and messages coming in. And what you need to do is to learn what all of those gauges and numbers and signals and alarms and things that are blinking mean so that you can make decisions that make sense and will take you to where you want to go. And so what you're really learning is how to drive that vehicle. Yeah, that is what we're doing. We're learning how to drive the human vehicle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) From both places, not just the human mind. Yeah. And it's just that you're not taught what everything means and what to do with all of those, all of that information that you receive from the, like the pilot cabin. This is what you need to learn so that when you're out there hiking or in the forest, when something happens, you know what it means and what to do about it. Yeah, Jess just had this idea of like a sailor. So like humans that are in an earlier stage of the playground or life are basically kind of the lions in the circus and they follow other people's things. You said like the train, it's easier to connect to someone else's path and follow it. So they do that for a while. And then as they get more advanced, they start to become the captain of their own ship. Instead of working on someone else's ship, you start to be the sovereign being listening to the inner guidance and not needing the minds of the other humans so much anymore. Yeah, and then there's graduating from toy boats to bigger boats. So where is Clotilde right now on this playground scenario scale? What should she be learning? The patience and the trust? So that's one thing. What else does she need to learn? She's getting better and better at unconditional love and and access to joy. What she needs to develop more is knowing that she's helping people who sometimes don't yet see the help that they are getting. What does that mean? Because sometimes people are given information and guidance that they don't like to hear or that they're not ready to hear, that it's reaching them through layers of resistance or fear and sometimes Clotilde makes it mean that she's not doing things right or that she needs to do things differently but she needs to stop doubting the value and the light that she brings because she is not in control of the layers or the lens through which others perceive it. Okay. Do you want her to just share the messages you give her and then let her let go of their reception from the other person? Or do you just want her to just be in the state of being only without sharing what they're not ready for? What we want is for her to remember that whatever she offers from love and compassion is moving the needle in the right direction and that this is the value that she brings. And then knowing that 
what others express in return only reflects their ability to receive it, not the value of what she's offering. Ah, so they can only take in what they put out. So they're only at the level they're capable of receiving or giving. Yes, and it's not her responsibility or possible for her to change the level that they're at. They have to choose to meet her at the level of what she's offering if they want to. Beautiful, beautiful. And last but not least, we didn't go back to step two of my earlier suggestion. What would you do or what would you suggest her for the current apartment now if you were in charge of her body? Would you keep it or would you sell it or what would you do it, bud? We think it's a really good playground for her to stay in for now. And how will she know when to leave? She will know when to leave when she wants to leave from a positive place, loving where she is and wanting something more, not leaving to escape or avoid her current experience. Beautiful. Oh, anything else? This is such a gift. Just breathing is always a good suggestion. More breathing is, is what she needs to do. Is there any specific way you want her to do so? Just throughout the day, she's not breathing enough, nearly enough. So it's not about sitting on a cushion for a certain amount of time per day, just throughout the day? No, it's whenever she feels herself going into those emotions of feeling stuck or, or feeling stressed or agitated or shame or fear or anxiety, just... This, how to read the signal is always like, this could all be one big sign that says, breathe. <laughs> Actually, that, an inner voice said that. It said any sign that is anything that is not contentment is just a signal to breathe. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We wish it were just a more straightforward message, but that's really what it boils down to. Oh, thank you so much. What a gift to get to speak with you. Just the human sincerely appreciates this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been fun. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you know anyone that might enjoy this, feel free to share it with them. And if you want to see what I'm up to on Instagram, you can find me at Jess C as in Cookie Lively. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today.